Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Hey, it's all right. Here, I like at least get audio. That's all I want to share with you. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 32. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. For a little while tonight, I want to minister this subject, the power in retreat. The power in retreat. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we need you right now. I pray, Lord, that you can take every mind, Lord, and every thought and bring it, Lord, under subjection, Lord, to your name and the power of your spirit. I pray, oh, Lord, this evening, God, that you have to minister through your word, Lord Jesus, one more time. God, strengthen and minister, God, to the needs in this place. God, convey something, Lord, that our souls, God, can take in and feed on, Lord, for many days, God, from now. Lord, give us a word of, Lord, guidance and direction, Lord Jesus, for our lives will not fail to thank you and appreciate you. God, we're appreciative of the spirit of the Lord that we have felt in this place. I pray, God, let that same spirit continue, Lord, even through the ministry of your word God touch us afresh now renew us again Lord God to that end in the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray amen and amen the church say amen amen Amen. you may be seated tonight in Jesus name the power in retreat Hebrews chapter number 11 where our text is found is a hallmark of our faith all things included here are either by faith, through faith, in faith, or according to faith. As you read the entirety of the chapter, the writer of Hebrews recounts the actions of faith, almost by a timeline, starting with Abel from the very beginning, the the child of Adam and Eve, going all the way to Moses and even Rahab in the Old Testament Scripture. The writer of Hebrews is very deliberate in the recollections of faith in individual lives. He calls each one by name and he shares their story of how faith was demonstrated in their lives. And when it comes to our text, though, in verse 32, it's almost as though our writer has realized that he started so far back 
and was so detailed with these people along the way that there's no way that he could continue at the same pace and cover with the same amount of detail everybody else that still yet needed to be covered uh, where faith was exhibited in their lives insomuch that he says, and what shall I more say? For time would fail me to tell. He names a few judges by name and he encompasses the days of the kings and the days of the prophets by mentioning David and Samuel. And he has grouped some of these names together and he also, in the verses that I read to you, grouped some of the actions that were accomplished through and by faith together as well. Who The Bible says through faith, subdued kingdoms. David, of course, in the Old Testament scripture, championed building his kingdom by gaining other kingdoms that were about Israel. Kingdoms were subdued, according to the scripture, by faith, but not without fighting. We know David had to be and was a man of war. The Bible says in our text that these people were wrought righteousness by faith and they obtained promises by faith. Many battles that were pursued, even the Old Testament scripture, it involved them destroying uh, the altars to false gods and the tearing down of idols of wood and stone. In doing so, righteousness was solidified in the land and land that had been long promised to God's people were now possessed by faith. The Bible tells us some through faith even stopped the mouths of lions, characters that you know and I know like Samson and David and Daniel were lion confronters. Benaiah, the Bible said that he had slain both lion-like men and he also slew a lion in a pit on a snowy day, no doubt having stopped the mouths of lions for these individuals must have increased their faith when they were fighting against people whose faces were like the faces of lions that scripture records of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego no doubt quenched the violence of fire as they stood inside of that fiery furnace the likes of Hezekiah and Samson were ones that out of weakness were made strong. All of these mentioned here harmonize with our idea of how a battle should be engaged, how a war should happen, the call to action, the verbs that are in our text tonight, they subdued and they wrought and they obtained and they stopped and they quenched and they made strong and they waxed valiant and faith helped them turn around the enemies of the armies. They are strong verbs in our texts that are used here this evening and I would declare tonight that typically we rally around and behind every fighter when the fighter's out there we're like go get him guy amen where we rally behind the fighter that that despite his weakness and his tiredness he carries on we, we promote the man that though he gets knocked down he gets back up again amen though his spirit is languishing within him he's ready to go at it one more time we give a hand clap and applaud a course to whoever has the zeal and the tenacity to take the first punch. These are the stories that we live around and we celebrate. They are the stories of faith. They are the stories of endurance. We want cry. We look through Old Testament scripture and we have more than what we can share in this setting tonight. 
But we would be the ones, saints of today's age, that says, give us, give us the Davids that show up on the battlefield. Give us the Davids that will say, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine as he was relating that to Goliath? We, we want a man that will run toward the threat rather than run away from the threat. We, we want that type of person. We, we want the leader that has a ragtag army like Gideon who were not satisfied with the battle that they won against Midian, but they pursued a little further wanting the heads of the kings of Midianite. Give us an army like that which of it was said they were faint yet pursuing them. We, we like those type of stories. People faint but still fighting and going forward. It's, it's these types of stories that we live vicariously our lives through. They're with all, their forthrightness, their tenacity, their zeal. We live through their lives. Fighters who against all odds are the people that we want to emulate and practice after. We would much rather be the 400, amen, that pursued the Amalekites with David than we would be the 200 that were so faint they wouldn't cross over the brook. Pursuers are our type of people. They represent the, the aspirations of common man, fight and pursue and conquer. They have our calling card. We like to talk about the soldiers. We link up with people that don't back down. But in our text, among all of these verbs, all of these phrases, one stands out in a different direction among all the others when it says, that through faith they escaped the edge of the sword. If you escape something, you leave it or avoid it. You retreat. The English definition of escape is to avoid or elude someone or something dangerous. To part ways. To leave. The definition of the Greek word that's used here in our text means to flee away. In the sense of taking flight to seek safety. To be saved by flight. Because we get stuck in our minds that the only way to fight is with the guns blazing. We get stuck in our minds that we must stand behind the charge and we'll hang our heads over the retreat. But the writer of Hebrews is reminding us that through faith they waxed valiant in fight. And also through faith they escaped by retreat. Someone say amen. Let's, let's look at scripture one more time here this evening. Whenever I portray, and I, listen folks, if I read every verse that I have referenced here tonight, we get nowhere. If you want to see my notes after it's done, you can see all the Bible that's tucked into this. But Esau sought to slay Jacob, but the Bible says he fled from before him, as it is said, and Jacob fled into the country of Syria. Pharaoh sought to slay Moses, but the Bible says Moses fled from before him. He was saved, as it was said. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing he sought to slay Moses but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh Saul sought to slay David but David fled before him and was saved as it is said if thou save not thy life tonight tomorrow thou shalt be slain another text says concerning David so David fled 
and escaped. Elijah arose and fled from the land of Israel. He betook himself to the mount called Horeb, as it is said, and he arose and went for his life. In all these different episodes of people that we would say at times were fighters, amen, and conquerors and go-getters, now we see them pictured in a different element, that rather than fighting, they are retreating. Rather than going forward, they are escaping. And there's something we must know in all of this. Learn this, that everyone who fled was saved. have a hard time wrapping their mind around this concept here this evening but it's all it's not always about the fighting It's not always about the fighting. I might even say this evening, according to the writer of Hebrews, that it's equally important to know when and when not to advance. Tonight, retreat sometimes may be the most strategic and powerful tactic in your personal battle. Judges 9 tells of a story of Abimelech. It is the story of a man that refused to retreat. He never considered retreating as an option in his warfare. And I don't have time to share the whole story. It's just a lot of scripture. But allow me, if you will, to just touch the tops of the trees with some phrases that showcases the drive That's in Abimelech's life. Judges 9 and verse 40, the Bible says, and Abimelech chased him. It's speaking of a man by the name of Gahal. He chased him and he fled before him. And many were overthrown and wounded even into the entering of the gate. Abimelech is pursuing. Verse 42 says on the morrow. Verse 43 says he rose up against them and smote them. Verse 44 says, and Abimelech and the company that was with him rushed forward. Verse 45 says and Abimelech fought against the city all that day and he took the city and he slew the people and then the Bible describes that there was a group of people that gathered together to the tower of Shechem they went in there for safety but Abimelech he and his men began to fell trees and put them on their shoulders and they carried them to that tower and they placed all these trees around there and they lit a match and they set it on fire at the base of the tower and they allowed that thing to burn down and the Bible says in verse 49 that all of them that were in the tower died then verse 50 says that Abimelech took another city and there were some people there that also resorted to another tower and the Bible says Abimelech attempted to do what he did to the last tower he gathers wood he puts it around there he lights a match verse 52 says he fought against it he went hard against the door of it and then in Judges 9 53 it says and a certain woman who was in the tower cast a piece of millstone upon Abimelech's head all to break his skull. He had one victory. He went after another one. He chased them. He pursued them. He's burning a tower. He's going after another one. But I'll state this, that Abimelech died because he continued to pursue without having any discernment about knowing when to retreat. The Allied evacuation of Gallipoli proves this. The invasion began in April of 1915. And by the time they started to evacuate in December 
of that same year of 1915, they had suffered over 200,000 casualties in war. The article that I read stated this, that despite earlier predictions that a retreat would cost them half their troops, the Allies escaped the Gallipoli with only a handful of casualties, meaning this, it cost them more to stay than it did to leave. Someone say amen. People will die if our only strategy we have is just constantly pressing forward. Someone's going to understand me before it's all said and done tonight, I hope. But if it, let me state like this, as the writer of Hebrews says, from what I glean from him, it's not faithless to pull back. Through faith, they escaped. Through faith, they retreated. It is not faithless to pull back. Through faith, some escaped. It takes courage. Listen to me clearly. It takes courage to do what everyone pictures as cowardice. Why do you need to know this? Let me tell you one thing, the reason why we need to know when to retreat. Because when you retreat, you often bring the battle to your familiar ground. They'll follow the path of the retreat. And if you were fighting on their soil and turf, when you retreat, you now bring the battle to your soil and turf, a place that you are familiar with. Can I say today, amen, as a pastor and over the years of ministry, I believe we've cheered too many warriors to their graves when we could have endorsed their notions for pausing for a moment, considering the timing of everything, and we would have been better off if we would have applauded their discernment of maybe risks that were too fatal to engage in at the moment because there are only some mountains worth dying on. Just give me a moment here. We need the ability, folks, tonight to survey an issue. We, we, we need a, the, the, the terminology came in the conversation around our house or uh, this week. We need, we need the ability to do a cost analysis, so to speak. Will, we in, will what we invest be worth the chance of what we may risk or lose? I wish someone would ask Abimelech that. Someone say Amen. We know the scripture concerning Joseph, right? Joseph flees from the presence of Potiphar's wife. Why? Because her attempts to tempt and sway him, the Bible says, were happening daily. And Joseph, you know what he realized? It's not worth the risk of standing here another day and verbally refusing. The Bible says that he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. He says, there's too much at risk right now. I could fight. I could verbally say no yet another day. But we're at a point in all of this. It's not worth risking standing here and something happening that I don't really want to happen. It's not worth standing here and pussyfooting around and entertaining what's going on right here. I'd be better if I fled. It would be better if I retreated. Someone say amen. Listen to me now, folks, online, offline, wherever you are, in a line, amen. Some battles and some opponents, amen, are so toxic 
that the environment even compromises our victory. There's some situations, I don't care how strong you are, what the artillery is that you need, your best option is to run for your life. It's those times that we're calling for victory, yes, but your victory might be found not in marching forward. Your victory might be found in retreat because going forward could cost you something. Going forward could steal something from you. You can fight a battle. Listen, on just a real natural means, natural life, if we were to get into some type of biological warfare, do you want to stay around and fight that? At what expense? The old saying, and they were talking about skunks back there tonight and someone capturing one and all this. The old saying used to be this, a dog could beat a skunk any day, but it's just not worth the stink. Someone say amen. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.22, he says, flee also youthful lust. He says, also, as though there were some other things mentioned earlier that he was admonished to flee or run from. And there were, in verse 16, he told him to shun, which is similar to flee, to shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase into more ungodliness. Paul told the church at Corinth to flee from idolatry. Flee from the false gods. Or if I may like this, we ought to run from anything that pulls us away from devotion to God. Not fight it, run from it. Amen. We're sitting down at tables of negotiation that we just need to refuse altogether. We don't need a peace treaty here. We need to abandon ship. Amen. He said also in 1 Timothy 6, he said unwholesome words, questions, strifes of words, surmisings, and perverse disputes over doctrines that are not taught by Christ Jesus. Paul told to Timothy, he said from such, withdraw yourself. You know what he's saying? Flee, retreat, get away from it. He said, Timothy, he said if there is a tendency to covet money, to love money, he says flee away from that. Amen. Peter told them in his epistle, he said abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. What are you saying? He's saying run away. Don't entertain them. Don't rationalize them. Don't negotiate with them. Don't challenge them. Don't try to endure them. Retreat. Someone say amen. Because people through faith retreated. Faith empowered their escape. Faith helped them to back out and back away. They escaped death because of their retreat. Am I doing okay? Brother McGee, there's not ever been anybody telling me to stop fighting. Well, I'm telling you, there's some things you don't want to mess with. Because the moment you think you're going to overcome, you're overcame. Some successes, even in Scripture, are known more for their retreat than their pursuit. Some retreats in Scripture 
they purposely would retreat to pull the defensive lines of cities away from the city. And as they pulled just far enough away from the gates of the city, the ambush would happen of them entering into the city. And it was overtaken because they knew the power in their retreat. A retreat gives an enemy, when they see an enemy see someone retreating, it gives them a sense of pride, gives them a sense of accomplishment. Gives them a sense as though we're doing pretty good. We're overcoming you. We got this thing nipped in the bud. We're winning the battle. But what they failed to notice is that a retreat can also be used as a setup for a more beneficial attack than what they formerly had because they retreated. The famed retreat in our history of Dunkirk codenamed Operation Dynamo during World War II. It was the largest sea evacuation in history. Those who escaped later played a very crucial role, they say, in the fight against Nazi Germany. Meaning this, that the power in their retreat was found in their fight a different day. They still battled against Adolf Hitler and the Nazis, but they were only put in that place of being able to because they knew when to retreat one day and then fight the next. Someone say amen. In the words of General Oliver P. Smith describing the Korean War's battle of Chosen Reservoir, he said, retreat. Then he said, explicitive. He said, retreat. He said, we're not retreating. He said, we're just advancing in a different direction. What we must accept, Aiden, tonight is this, is that the same faith that can plunge us ahead can direct us to fall back. The work of faith isn't boxed in. The work of faith isn't set to a particular mode. We we need to ask ourselves about each and every unique battle that we come in contact with because they're not all the same. They're not all the same. They don't all follow the same path or have the same issues. We got to ask, is this one worth the loss or do I need to run away from it? But what is one is when it's all said and done, is there really something that is accomplished that is won by this? See, that's what Israel reflected on. Israel reflected upon those type of things whenever they went out and they fought against one of their own tribes. They fought against the tribe of Benjamin over an indiscretion that Benjamin had made against another. And through their fighting, the Bible says the tribe of Benjamin was only left with 600 men. There were no women for them to take as wives. And all the other tribes of Israel had made an oath and a vow. They would not give any of their women to be wives to these left 600 men of the Benjamites. And so whenever they gathered together as tribes would gather together, they were very woeful because as they began to survey uh, the, the, the area and began to survey who was there and who wasn't there, they realized that they had one tribe that was lacking and that was the tribe of Benjamin and they're thinking there's 600 of them we already said we wouldn't give our wives to them we've basically cut them off we 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 went to war we fought we've cut them off and I imagine in the back of their mind they're thinking this could we have done better by retreating a little sooner I wonder if things would have been different if we would have handled the circumstance a little differently than just fight 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 someone say amen Because every fighting spirit that knows nothing else but fight eventually will be caught by the edge of the sword. 
Furthermore, you can win and still feel overly disappointed because of what cost and sacrifice you levied in that battle. All victories don't feel the same. Enormous loss can quickly dampen the thrill of a new victory. I've said a lot just in a little time here tonight. In 2 Samuel 19, verses 1 through 2, the Bible says, And it was told Joab, Behold the king. David was the king at this time. It was told Joab, Behold the king. Weepeth and mourneth for Absalom. And the victory that day was turned into mourning unto all the people. For the people heard say that day how the king was grieved for his son. David was standing somewhere in the city enough for the warriors that were returning home for them to hear. He wanted to go out to this battle. He wanted to go out to this war. Yes, his son Absalom and a group of men posed a threat against his kingdom and his people. Yes, that was there. He wanted to go out, but his men said, no, you stay home, David. We'll take care of matters. And before they ever left, this was the plea of David to them. He said, deal with my son Absalom gently. And whenever Absalom was caught by his hair between heaven and earth, there was one of the servants that said, I'm not touching him. That's the king's son. But what does Joab do? He says, well, you should have slain him. You should have taken care of him. In so much that they later put arrows stabbed into the hearts, into the heart of Absalom. And so here's David in the city having received word that in this fight, in this battle, his son Absalom has been killed. And the scripture says, as the warriors are coming home, they hear a man, it's David, that's saying, Absalom, oh Absalom, would to God that I would have died in your place. They're victorious over a considerable threat to the kingdom. But their victory was turned to mourning. Because someone didn't adhere to the voice of the king that said, deal gently. I know there's a threat and we can handle that without going totally slaughter. In this area of my son, Absalom. And so there's a great victory. The people are coming in. The men thinking that they should be happy and proud realize through the voice of David that there is a tinge of sorrow here. Because they had victory but at what cost? should really just chink it up to Joab because he couldn't discern when enough fighting had been enough until he crossed a line that could not be crossed back over. The death of Absalom. Stand with me here this evening. Through faith, Kingdoms are subdued. Through faith, we wax valiant to fight. But through faith also, we escape the edge of the sword. What are you saying, Brother McGee? I'm saying this. It isn't a one-size-fits-all approach to battle. It's not an all-size-fits-one to everything that we face. Some things you need to run for your life from. Some things you need to approach 
and salvage what you can recover. Other things need to be shown no mercy. But no matter what is accomplished, it'll be through faith and with faith. By faith and according faith. Even when we retreat, as the general said, we're not retreating. We're just advancing. I've known many young people over my life. They didn't need to fight. They need to run for their life. They got involved in some things that was starting to wrap its tendrils around their life. And they didn't need a table of negotiation or a good talk in order to sort it all out. They need to run for their life. I know people that's gotten into relationships that there wasn't going to be a happy compromise in it. There was going to have to be power in their retreat. And so, yes, Brother Fred, there's some battles we're going to fight. But there's some other battles we just might as well, we need to run from. Through faith, by faith, according to faith. But that's not our mentality, is it? We've been so, we've been so conditioned that it's fight or nothing. Only losers and weaklings are the ones that tuck their tail between their leg and just go away. Let me tell you, there's some very, very strong people today. The, the only thing I can really account their strength to is that they knew when to leave it well enough alone. When they knew to turn their back on what they were facing and walk away. Holy Ghost, can we lift our hands right now? Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> There's just some things that you got to part ways with. There's just some things you got to leave. There's some things you got to go in so far and just salvage what can be recovered. But you, you got, you need to ask God. God, give me the discernment. To know when to subdue. When weakness would wax strong. Give me the discernment, God. To know when to obtain the promise. To know when to wax valiant and fight. Give me the discernment, God. To know, though, also when to escape. When to retreat. When to part ways. Halaboshaye. Spirit of the Lord. Spirit of the Lord. Somebody might not be in a condition right now tonight to fight. Your best option will be retreat. It might be another day that you fight. But today you need to retreat right now. God, give me the discernment to know when. To know how. And you may not sometimes know the why, but if you'll know the when and the how, you can leave and trust him for the why. Most people, some would, if we told you, come on, let's, let's get out of here, let's retreat. The first thing probably people want to know is not the how or the when. They're probably going to want to know why. 
You're not always afforded the why. Scripture says there's no temptation taking you, but what is common to man, God will with the temptation make a way of its escape. There's power in your retreat. You're not faithless. You're not some yellow belly, no backbone type of individual. No, no, no. There's just some things that you just don't mess with. There's just some things that you just don't mess with. These altars are open tonight. There's power in retreat. There's power in retreat. But McGee, it's hard to really sing a victory song around about that. Well, I'm sorry. But there's power in it. There's power when knowing to turn away, when to part ways, when to just dust your hands of a situation and dust your hands of, of a foe. You got to know that just as well as when you need to march forward and marshal an army and head on long into battle. These altars are open tonight. There's power in retreat. Thank you. 
Tonight, you take what the enemy meant for evil, turn it for good, turn it for good. Hallelujah. If we just bow our heads here tonight, Father, I come before you. God, through faith we fight. Through faith, we battle. Through faith, God, we're valiant, we're strong. Through faith, God, we escape. Through faith, Lord, we retreat. Through faith, God, we part ways. God, all these things, these notable things, God, that have been done by faith, God, retreating was just numbered among the rest of them. God, I pray, oh, Lord, help us tonight, God, as we go our separate ways, the things, God, that we will, Lord, encounter in this life. Give us discernment. Give us discernment, Lord, to know the strategy of warfare, God, that we must employ. I pray, oh God, tonight, God, strengthen your people. God, minister to them, Lord. Help them to be courageous. And courageous isn't always going forward. Sometimes, Lord, it's falling back from something, God, that could very easily, Lord, snap through our footsteps. God, our relationship, Lord, I pray, God, that could tempt us and be cunning and conniving enough that we would be totally deceived before we'd know it, wrapped up in something that we would drown in. I pray, oh God, today, help us, Lord, God, for a spirit of discernment in this hour, God, and we'll praise you and we'll thank you, Lord Jesus, in your help and aid in that regard. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray, in the church say amen. There is power in retreat. Amen. We'll be here Wednesday for connect groups again on Wednesday. Come and be a part of that. Next Sunday, one service only. Amen. God bless you in Jesus. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.